Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to make a difference, all you got to do is hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Hadak Gura. I was told to do what an exec told me and a precast concrete plant. Some background first. I worked for a precast concrete company as a job in between high school and college. The job sucked, but it paid well. We made a lot of the massive storm culverts and tunnel pieces that are dropped in place during construction instead of being made where they are. To put this into perspective, our largest casting form could handle pieces 40 feet by 30 feet. Absolutely massive pieces. After a few weeks of working for this company, I was trained to run the industrial concrete mixer and did this every day. This mixer was three stories tall, mixed up to four and a half cubic yards of concrete at a time, and was the most beat up machine in the entire plant, which was saying something. It ran six days a week, two shifts a day, and was never maintained because the company couldn't get techs to come out on Sunday. It's the only day not running, and they didn't want to lose a work shift to get it maintained. The only good thing about it was that all the materials were weighed and fed in automatically. All it took was a button to start the process. The most common problem was the bottom release door not sealing correctly. It would be just barely cracked, allowing all the water to run out of it, resulting in an unusable, chunky mess that would need to be dumped in a scrap hole instead of being used. If this happened, the mess needed to be dumped out of the mixer quickly before it could partially harden inside the mixer. This only happened once that I was there, and it took an entire shift to chisel the stuff out. We put a mark into the sliding door to show where it should be versus where it would be when it didn't seal. The process worked like this. A cage of rebar and anchor points was constructed on a base, around a core, and a form bolted around it. The QA guy signed off, and the form was then filled with concrete and left to cure. The curing time largely depends on the ambient temperature. The hotter it is, the faster it cures, and vice versa. Once the piece is cured enough to be lifted, the form is stripped, and the piece lifted by crane off the core. Repeat until you have as many pieces ordered. Another thing to note is hard hat colors. They were color-coded according to your role. Blue are plant supervisors, green QA, red the foreman, etc. For the normal workers, there was a choice of two colors. Yellow for people who don't know what they're doing, typically new or dumb people, and gray for those that do. This was about five months into my time with them, and I had just got a gray one maybe two months before. On to the story. Our plant was starting to produce pieces at a substantially slower rate than the other plant owned by the company. We were working 10 to 12 hour days every day to try to make up the difference. Typically, multiple pieces were made per form, per day, two to four. We were only managing one and maybe two per form per day. To figure out the reason for this, the owner's plan was to send an exec from the main office to observe and time every section of the process in our plant. This in itself was silly. Remember how I said the speed concrete cures is based on temperature? Our plant is in an unheated warehouse in a state bordering Canada in the winter. 
The other plants in Florida. Can you guess why production was a bit slower in our plant? In any case, during the shift meeting before the exec got there, our foreman's exact words were, do what he tells you, otherwise stay the freak away from him. Wonderful. The shift proceeds as normal, building cages and forms get bolted. Maybe six hours into the shift, I climb up on top of the mixer to the platform, and I'm greeted by the exec in the shiniest white hard hat I've ever seen, and office attire complete with black dress shoes, in a concrete plant. He looked bored out of his mind. He asked me something to the effect of if I was looking forwards to the end of the shift in two hours. I told him that with no problems, we might get to leave in four hours. He got the most defeated look on his face and mumbled something that I didn't catch. I went through the pre-checks on the mixer and found the bottom door was once again not closing properly. I yelled down to the plant supervisor that the door wasn't sealing again and that the machine would be down until I got it to seal. Normally by chipping the concrete left by the previous shift after using the mixer away from the opening, the plant supervisor yelled back a few choice expletives directed at the mixer and stormed into his office. The exec had a look and said he thought the door looked fine. I told him that it did this a lot and that it wasn't sealed. Pointed out the mark to him and went to get the tool I bribed a fabricator with energy drinks to make me to chip away the concrete. A breaking bar welded onto a rebar shaft that I kept under the mixer itself. No more hunting down an air gun and going through confined space lock and tag outs. Just stand on top and poke at the concrete until the door moves freely. Upon coming back with a tool, the exec told me that the seal was fine and to run it. I pointed out the same things about the door not sealing regularly. I asked if they were sure. They replied in the affirmative. I started up the mixer. The mixer regularly threw a bunch of silica up into the air. With the water draining out the bottom, this was going to get extra dusty. I offered them an extra mask that I had and they replied that they would be fine. Well, it's not my lungs. At the same time, I noticed the plant's heavy equipment guy walking into the building and got his attention and made the hand gesture for the front loader. I got a what the freak look from them and they mouthed why. I pointed down at the mixer, repeated the gesture, and they threw up their hands and turned around. The load went into the mixer, water started draining out the bottom, dust goes everywhere, go figure. The plant supervisor comes out of the office, I assume after seeing the giant cloud on the cameras, runs over and says something like, OP, what the freak are you doing? The mixer's quite loud with concrete in it, I got the general gist though. I just pointed to the exec who was now covered in dust and staring at the water pouring out of the bottom of the mixer, never said a word. The plant supervisor's head swiveled and he just crooked a finger at the exec. The exec climbed down, they exited the building with the plant supervisor leading. The fallout, the front loader was able to get to the mixer before the mess was able to partially cure inside it, so the cleanup was as easy as dumping it into the bucket and then dumping that in the scrap hole and spraying out the mixer. We continue the shift after I chipped the concrete away from the door and got it closing properly again. Not too much time wasted, maybe an hour. The foreman asked what happened later in the shift and didn't stop laughing for the rest of it. The plant supervisor talked to me afterwards, asked what happened, and told me he didn't blame me for that dumb crap's mistakes since he had said to do what the exec said. I never saw the exec again, and the plant supervisor never said what happened in the parking lot.
I can only assume that the most this produced was angry phone calls and a lot of concrete wasted. I left about three months later, but I never heard anything else about slow production times from the main office. Knowing that there was going to be a ton of dust getting kicked up into the air, even if this exec said, nah, I'm fine. In that moment, would you be like insistent that they at least take the mask? Or would you do what OP did and say, alright, not my lungs. Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is by Mirati. Unfortunately, you are correct. So I do expect a little hate for this point of view, but hear me out first. I work in mortgage servicing and I really enjoy doing all I can to help customers. If I have a leg to stand on, I will fight for you, but I will get legal to confirm I'm right so that the supervisor stops dragging their feet. Unfortunately, if regulations, state, federal, loan owner don't allow it, my hands are tied. Customer writes in complaining that I need to waive $800 in late charges because we're incorrectly charging them before the grace period is up. They get 10 days, so they assume late charge cannot be assessed until the 11th. I review the account, and we're assessing them on the 4th or 5th of the month, so first thought is, okay, cool, I can fix this for you, but I have to verify everything. So I pull up their note, and their payment is due on the 20th, and they get 7 days grace. So we were incorrectly giving them 15 days. I have to sigh because intentionally ignoring would cost me my job were this file audited. So I have to contact our ops team to fix it and tell this customer, effectively, you're sort of right, we were wrong, but it was in your favor, we fixed it, late charges will be assessed on the 27th now. This is more like a painful compliance, like a sorrowful, like a Bob Parr in the beginning of the Incredibles compliance. Not happy, Bob. Not happy. Our next story is by Anarina. Close the door before you leave. This is a cute and innocent malicious compliance, and also one of the reasons I love my boyfriend. I was sitting in the living room, and he came in talking about something unimportant, but that made me grumpy. Can't remember what it was. We argued a bit. I got pissed off and asked him to leave me alone. He agreed and started walking back. I asked him to close the door before he leaves. He reached the bedroom door, closed it, and laid flat on it saying, it doesn't work. I laughed for a while and the bad mood was gone. The end. Definitely the best relationships is, even though you might argue, you might fight, at the very end you can crack some kind of joke. And as much as you hate it, that smile does form on your face, you'll probably let out a laugh. You feel like you're giving up on all of your institutions giving in and laughing at their comedy attempt, but but I mean that's why you're with them, right? You like being around them. I think it helps you realize what's important. Our next story is by Take It Easy. Take off my earphones while you're speaking to me? Sure. No problem, officer. Happened this morning. Even though I made a complete and full stop at a four-way stop, I get pulled over by a police vehicle, lights flashing, the works. I turn my dash cam around to face me and whomever goes in front of the driver's side window. I roll it down and ask, what seems to be the problem, officer? Officer looks at me the way one would look at a sticky piece of gum stuck to the bottom of one's shoe. You didn't make a complete stop, he says. I adjust one of my hearing aids, lost part of my hearing due to being a touring session musician previously, and before I could speak, he firmly orders, sir, take off your earphones when I'm talking to you. I take both hearing aids off and look at him. I can read lips a little, but we're both masked, so I can't understand what he's saying. I communicate in sign language simultaneously while speaking verbally, I'm deaf, and I didn't understand what you just said. 
Can you communicate to me in ASL, American Sign Language, please? He points at my hearing aids that look like Apple AirPods, motioning me to put them on. I respond, yes officer, without those, I can only communicate in ASL. Please instruct me in ASL, and I will be compliant in every possible way. He looks at the dash cam that's neatly pointed squarely at us and mumbles, for freak's sake. He then motions for me to go, giving me two thumbs up. Needless to say, I rolled up the window and drove away, as fast as legally allowed. Couldn't wipe the smile off my face all day. All I can say is if OP has the footage of this exchange, they need to put it out there. Because there's probably a hundred places on the internet, whether it's Reddit, whether it's YouTube, that this is gonna get some hits. Because people would want to see that. And our final story of the day is by Hurricane Katrina, more like... Have to take a 30 minute break and can do anything but work during it? Okay, I'll dance for the customers. I, 17 year old female, work at a regional fast casual chain with 20 something locations. There's about 5 managers total at my location and usually one of the two works closing. I used to work twice a week but dropped that to once due to my busy schedule, except during breaks from school. I usually work 4 closing, which is close to 11. All of the managers are chill but one of the closing ones always makes me take a 30 minute break during these shifts, longer than 5 hours. I know the labor laws in New Jersey say I'm entitled to one for every five consecutive hours worked, but I don't know where it says I have to take one. I really hardly ever need 30 minutes, even when I'm tired after a rush. I might eat my dinner for 10 minutes in the back and not clock out if the other manager's working. The longest break I've ever needed is 15 to 20 minutes. I also would just rather have the extra 650. However, I've mostly gone along with it. The last time I questioned it, my manager said she gets a red flag if I even take a 29 minute break. That was unfortunate to hear as I had just come back ready to work after 25 minutes. Sorry, but you have to take 30 minutes. You can do anything but work during your break. So I started dancing to the music. She made me clock out again. I miscalculated and clocked back in after 4 minutes. Note, this was all in a lighthearted, joking manner. No one was mad at each other. So finally, I clock out for one more minute and keep dancing my little jig. The customers must have seriously thought something was wrong with me. P.S. If any of you people who actually understand law know whether my manager can make me take these breaks, please let me know. I want my money. Usually I feel like most people would say, oh, I love being entitled to my mandatory break because I get that downtime where nobody can bother with me. But I also respect the hustle that OP has here and saying, nah, I want that money, I want that 650. You think I wanna go around dancing for 30 minutes? I don't need that. I'm definitely not a lawyer and I don't know the law very well, but I would imagine it probably is some kind of rule that is mandatory. All I know is it probably would be pretty bad if somebody like OP was working there was allowed to just take all that time off and then after the fact say, they never let me take that time off. Probably would have put that location in a little bit of hot water. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.